0: Hey everyone, welcome to the Emotional Man Podcast, where we are discovering how business leaders are building successful families. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Emotional Man Podcast, where we're discovering how business owners can build successful families. Today I am really excited to have Michael Mustafa with us. He is the owner and founder of Finesse Wraps. And so I'm gonna turn it over to Michael. Michael, welcome to the show. Thank if you wouldn't mind pleasure. just Introduce yourself and tell
1: us a little bit about your company. Absolutely. Thank you for having me on the show, Joseph. It's a pleasure to be here with you today. Finesse Wraps is, is basically a applied plastics company. We do a lot of vinyl work. So we from declin to vehicle wraps and custom wraps. And uh, now it will we actually specialize in cabinet wraps. I invested in a machine about a year and a half ago. And it's taken that long to actually birth this cabinet wrapping business. And that's what I'm focusing all my energy on these days. So
0: what led you to the decision to do cabinets?
1: I just saw the need and it was actually, I stumbled upon it, to be honest, the machine, because I used to do a lot of signs. So I was doing a sign for my church and it was made out of MDF and I went to the company that had a CNC machine and got them to cut it for me. I saw the machine in caked and dust. And I said to the owner of the other company, what is that? And he explained to me what it does. And he actually was like, actually, this would complement your business very well. I'm actually selling it. So I said, how much? And then he explained. And I I just put way out of my league. And then I left it, went home, talked to my wife. And uh, we ended up actually... Procuring the money to get it through family help and just God's grace, I guess. It's been a year and a half now and it's proven to be a very viable business. I've spent the last six months proving the concept and wrapping kitchens and making doors, and it's very exciting.
0: So how long have you been in business with just doing wraps in general, doing uh, applied plastics?
1: So I moved to Canada six years ago now, almost and I could not work for the first year because I was on a visit to Visa. So instead of staying at home after three weeks, I just said, you know what, I'm going to go out and I'm going to just volunteer. And I volunteered with a girl that used to go to my church and she does vehicle wraps. And she just started a business about three months prior to me approaching her. And she worked for a few dealerships in Calgary and I joined her for a year and I volunteered without getting paid. Probably made Four or $500 in that year of what I was doing. But by six months in, I was able to go out and install by myself and actually get jobs done for her. So I knew after a year that I was more than capable. And unfortunately, the agreement was that once I got my work permit, I would be on the salary. And then once it was two weeks from me getting my work permit, I approached her and let her know. Then I also told her at that point I was having a baby And then she explained to me that she can't afford to pay me and a family. But I already knew because I used to come to Kelowna quite frequently. I knew I wanted to start a business. And when I was last in Kelowna, a few weeks prior to talking to her, I had a vision of AutoSkin, which is my first business in Kelowna. And I said, this business is going to be in Kelowna for Kelowna. But I actually ended up coming back to Calgary for a year and running that business for a year in Calgary before coming to Kelowna and then start to notice skin and Kelowna. So it's all been a crazy. It makes everything just made sense. Looking back now, I'm just thankful for the journey. It's been a lot of hard work. I'm sure you can attest like that. Starting a business, is just, it's not easy. And now having kids and kids on the way, literally my baby is going to be born in the next few days. So I'm just rambling and I just got back from England. I lost my mom a month ago, so I went to England. To let her to rest and got back a few days ago and just trying to shit the ground back without stopping and just trying to, yeah, it's a lot right now. It's been quite the year. Wow. Yeah. So in the last month, we've had, I've personally experienced death. I just played in the wedding yesterday and my baby boy has been born in a few days.
0: <laughs> and what number is this your first child or is it your I'm second?
1: I think it's the third child. Yes. Uh, two child. girls. Yeah. And one boy on the way.
0: Yeah. Isn't life just full of. Yeah. It's the paradox. You have death and birth all back to back.
1: Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: Wow. I'm oh, so sorry. It's a heavy term, but the, this is a podcast that I hope.
0: Oh, well, no. Every business owner is facing challenges just like this. Yeah. And. I, I think the biggest struggle with being a business owner is you feel like you have to separate what's at home from what's at business and what's at business away from home. But the reality is that is we take all that with us into both spaces. Yes. And so why don't we talk a bit about that first, just to give our audience a good picture of what a work day or work week looks like for you. And that way, once we kind of understand what your day looks like. We can then be kind of looking at how that interplay between business and family kind of looks like. And
1: yeah. And
0: we'll go into that. And then I also want to come back and revisit the struggles of the death of a loved one and the weight that brings while running a business. And then also a new child. Mm. So we'll revisit those in just a couple of minutes, but why don't you go ahead and just talk about what does an average work day look like for you from this time you get up to the time you go to bed?
1: I'm normally up. Probably five thirty, normally five, even sometimes. And I'm at the shop before six. It's been, I've moved this business four times unwillingly. Wow. The machine, I'll show you the machine. It's a ten thousand plus pounds machine. You see the machine?
0: Yeah.
1: You've had to move that four times. Wow. The first time when I got it, I spent. About eight thousand uh, dollars, to get it set up at home in my residential property, and uh, within three months I had to move. My landlord just sold the house, and I had to move. So I had to move the machine straight away. They
0: let me pause. On. Let me pause you, just for the people who won't be watching but will be listening. Can you describe how big the machine is? I was able to see it; it like filled up the room. But will yes. you describe for our listener the size of it. Sure. What kind so, of makes up the machine?
1: So this is a thermofoil Press. Uh, it's a dual table, so there's two tables. Uh, it spans 35 feet plus three feet on each side for walk around and uh, maneuvering the vinyl. It wraps 1,200 doors on an eight-hour shift for two people. So it's a high-production machine. And, uh, it weighs a lot. It weighs a lot, and it is very sensitive to moves and it needs to be very well maintained that the machine that's my life investment and that's going to be what sets up finesse wraps to be a legacy business i believe and i'm pushing with everything i have to make sure my kids have have security that i didn't what does moving it entail oh boy two forklifts, a flatbed Some forklifts won't do it. So I've had to bring in like a beast of a forklift, a massive forklift to do it. If you ever go on Instagram, I made a reel on the move. But yeah, it's a lot of money and a lot of cringe moments. (laughs) I have a great team of people around me and they are really good at what they do. The full, I've had the same team with me through the full moves, So I'm very confident now it's not going to be a problem now. We're here. We're anchored. I've anchored the machine now, leveled it. It's in. And we're not moving for, for at least two years.
0: Fantastic. <laughs> it's nice to have some stability. <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay, so you get up at five and, and go from there.
1: Yeah, so I come to the shop and I like to get all my stuff from yesterday, like the emails and everything, cookbook stuff done first. And then I, I, it's been a lot of setup. So I've been doing demo, I've been tearing walls down and a lot of electrical work and we're set. And coming back from England, because I went for a week, now I'm in a position where I can produce and I can actually take on more work and procure more work now. And so during the
0: day after you've gotten kind of all those tasks done with the the emails, kind of the administrative work, what does a day of production look like?
1: This depends what kind of order I have in. If it's a new door order, then there'll be sand in, glue in, and just a lot of just production work, just hands on because I'm the only person in finesse wraps right now. And I've intentionally kept it that way to, to prove the concept. I actually started this company from scratch. There was no funding, no runway for the business. I've had to create the runway the whole way and also procure the machine, which has been the biggest financial feat of my life, I can say. But we're here and it's mine. I owe nobody and I'm ready to produce. So I normally spend the day producing and then the next day I'll come back, run my emails, QuickBooks, and then I'll clean. There's a lot of post-production as well, like trimming and cleaning and packaging. I've had to learn a lot of different jobs. And so many actually, I feel like sometimes I do 10 people's work. I really do. (laughs) I'm not exaggerating. It just feels like that because of the hecticness of And in all of that, my wife has been so supportive because it's all of this, I'm saying it like it comes easy, but I've had to learn it in the last two years. So it's been a lot of time away from home, a lot of time away from my kids, but it's really good to be three kilometers away from home. I need to be better at going home more often during the day because a lot lot of times I only get back six o'clock, seven o'clock and the kids are almost already in bed. It is a difficult season, but I'm working towards gaining my time back, but still having the cash flow steadily coming in because a business like this is a lot more scalable than vehicle wrapping and what I used to do before. So that's why I decided to invest everything into it because I believe within a year from now, I can have three people in the business working and actually supporting the production that I desperately would love to have so that I can actually be a dad more, husband more.
0: Let's talk about that. One of one of our earlier guests, Ron Nussbaum, he talked about the weight of being a business owner, of being a parent, of being a, a father, and that, that the weight is worth it. You know, the, yeah. But talk to me about the conversations you've had with your wife, the sacrifices that come with starting a business, time away from home, time away from your family. How did you and your wife come to an agreement that this is what you needed to do or this is what you were willing to do for your family. Can I talk to me about that conversation? And
1: Yeah, sure. I would actually love to introduce my wife in an honorable way and just tell you the story briefly. Please. A minute, um, because she's superwoman, honestly. So I met Melanie in Mexico. I was on holiday in Mexico and with my family and she was on holiday with a friend celebrating her masters 2016 and I met her on her last day on holiday and I was staying for one more week and literally we met the day before and then the next day she was flying out back home to Canada and we knew like there was something there. It was actually just the fact that when we met, the first thing we spoke about was God and faith and just like deep, really rootful things that I never really experienced back in England. In England, it was, it's a different culture. It was amazing to have met her for that one day. And then I knew that I wanted to speak to her again and at least just chat. So I'd call her every day. I was there for a week in Mexico, Puerto Vallarta. I'll go to the lobby and call her. She was in Calgary and then I left, went back home to England and on a Sunday, I stayed up all night, Sunday night, talking to her because of the time difference and then missed work on Monday and <laughs> I took this joke for about three and a half years. I was a database analyst and I was about to buy a house and I was about to just actually commit to life as a grown up at that point. And uh, yeah, anyway, I didn't show up to work because I was talking to Melanie all night on Sunday and... Then on Tuesday, when I went back to work, they actually, they let me go because I apparently was supposed to be back on Monday. There was, it was some fair dismissal, but I knew as soon as it happened, to be perfectly honest, I'm not like, I'm going to speak it out because it's my experience. And I've got a lot of experience growing up in England and now coming to Canada. In the company, there was probably at that point, 80 to 90 people. I was a, a black person there. It was always feeling like I was the one that they needed to make quota. But anyway, I let go. I just called Melanie at that point and I said, Hey, like that's happened and I could definitely fight back because it's they can't do that. But I felt God just needed me to say, let go and just pursue, just go see Mel, go on holiday. Um, because we had been speaking for a few days, like for about a week at that point and it turned out I went to Calgary, minus 40 degrees. I was here there for about two weeks. She took me to everybody she knew in her life. And I met everybody in Calgary. And we came to Kelowna as well and met her family. Everything happened in that trip. And then I went back and she came to visit. And I took her around England, took her around London, and then we went to Paris, did a bit of Europe. And then the day before she was flying back to Calgary, I was like. like I knew I wanted to propose and I just did not, was not ready. (laughs) It was so, so quick, but I was also 33. So I knew what I wanted and I was waiting for it and I found it. Yeah, I ended up, lucky for me, there was bad weather. So she couldn't fly out that night and I ended up (laughs) going in the the ring and everything in between her next flight. she, She said yes. And we moved, I actually moved to Calgary and then... When we had our first kid, Malia, she's a beautiful girl. She's four. And when we had her, she, we decided to move to Kelowna to be with Melanie's parents and family because my family was all in England and in Nigeria. And here we are now. We have three. There's Malia, there's Maven, who's almost two. And then there's going to be a baby boy coming.
0: <laughs> That's <Yeah>. incredible. <laughs> yeah going and buying this machine, that was a significant financial investment. Talk to me because, you know, a lot of times one of the stressors that a lot of families experience deals with money, how to spend the family's mm-hmm. resources. Yeah. So how did you go about deciding to start your own business versus going and getting a job? Because I'm sure going and getting <laughs> your own job would have been maybe
1: a lot more safe. Yeah. Here in Canada is so different from England. Just like the States is so different from England too, but Canada especially, it's it takes a while to understand how to get around the system and everything because it's so vast and it's so big. It's beautiful. It's stunning. I just dived right in when I got here and that was the best thing I could have done because... As an entrepreneur, looking back, that was an opportunity that I felt I saw. I've had so many opportunities, like investment opportunities and people that just see something in me and want to invest into it along the way. I've said I've had no partners. I've not taken on anything because I know what I'm called for. And I know this business is going to be the inheritance that I never had in my family Is going to be able to live off now because there's nobody else doing it in the whole of the Okanagan, which is, uh, let's call it five hours, the nearest compared to me. And they don't even do what I do. The nearest company doing what Finesse Wraps does is in Chicago. Wow. Yes. So to get this machine, yeah, it's a lot of money. It's very rare to come by as well. So to buy it new is... Talking 130, 140 grand for a small guy like me coming to Canada which literally, I got married. We got married within three months of me coming to Canada. And all the savings was obviously that was for that. So I started from there and I just started going to auctions, buying cars, flipping cars. And I did about 14 cars in two years in Calgary. And then I moved to Kelowna and then I'd learned how to wrap vehicles and use that now to. So actually, I did it out of my garage for two and a half years. My wife helped me a lot. I worked with my wife's mom very closely as well. She was my right hand for two plus years. And my craft just developed and just grew and grew. Because I said yes, and I said yes, and I said yes, and I failed, and I said yes, and I failed even more. And then I said yes, but now I've got it. See, it's taken me almost six years. And um, I've pursued this applied plastics. Role and I've created it now. It's actually a thing here, and it's going to be. I feel like in the next couple of years, other companies are going to see the value in it, and they're going to approach. It's going to be good. There's definitely work, and there's definitely the security for the family coming ahead. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, what have been some of the biggest challenges for you, just day to day? You're a solopreneur. You're wearing all these hats.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of failures in there. Yes. I think one of the biggest challenges is just using my time wisely and making my 24 hours count. It's just been really hard, to be honest. I know where I want to be and I know what kind of a CEO I want to be. It's just for the last year, it's been, it feels almost impossible to achieve that. And that's the hard, that's the biggest part of it. But now... I've really worked hard and a lot of people have helped me in my life to get to where we're in a position to actually win and be successful now. I think the biggest challenge now for me is growing. I've got a huge opportunity on the table right now and again it's another financial investment but thank goodness thank God that um, I've had investors, uh, two investors straight away offer to take care of it for me. And it just means that I can expand the business because in business, in year one, there's certain milestones I've been working towards. And now this milestone that I've been presented to is actually for year two, it's going to be an accelerator to say the least, but I need to be aware before saying yes, I need to make sure I've fixed this family time balance. because it's not good right now. I work a hundred plus hours a week on a regular wow. basis. Wow.
0: What impact is, is that having on the family? Because there's a lot of business owners that are in your exact seat right now. They're working a hundred hours.
1: One thing that breaks my heart right now in my life, in this season is just my kids, my little girls are so young. They would ask they would ask me, why do you work so much? You no, know, And then I explained to her because I, I'm building this business now and it's a commitment that is going to help us to have a lot of financial freedom. So if we want to go back to England, we can go back to England. If we want to go to Mexico, we can go to Mexico and then she gets it and we, but then it's also nice because I am very close to home. I don't work far away. The shop is very close to where we live. But I think just coming home and them being so clingy to mommy and not really coming to daddy and. They do come to daddy now. Like Malia's old enough now that she gets it. But Maven, the younger one, is I went through with Malia where she just wouldn't look me eye to eye. And I just assisted. And now Malia's old enough, she knows me. But Maven is now so young that she's just sassy. She's sassy.
0: So how it seems like there's always gonna be something to do. There's always gonna be a contract. There's always gonna be a customer, always gonna be an email waiting to be answered. Yes. How do you think you're going to set those boundaries? It seems like even in really well-established businesses, you still find these business owners who are still grinding away.
1: Very much. I am not a workaholic. If anything, I prefer my leisure time. That's why I'm pushing so hard in these years because I see the plan and I've got the plan and it's written. But I think just I know, knowing the right people, and know, and watching their journey and now them watching my journey and counseling me, having the mentor has been very important. I think it's just a case of having the right person come into the business, whether it's going to be in sales or someone that's going to actually be part of the production. Because the truth is, after all said and done, I, I can do a kitchen by myself, in a day it's not the workload is i can do it in a day i can turn around a lot of work so i know if i need to i can just say i can. i only want to work four days a week and i'll be very profitable still but to scale the business it's the dream i don't want that i want to actually scale and i want to have people in place to actually run the business with me i'm not there yet but i'm taking steps every day towards that and my wife is very aware of it she has been a true pro; she really has even today she's two kids and heavily pregnant and i'm here trying to pull parts out of the machine to send it off so that we can get it fixed and bring it back because i'm halfway in the middle of a kitchen and i have to get a few jobs done before baby comes so that i can actually shut down and actually be off and it's a hustle I've, like i said i played piano Had a beautiful wedding yesterday it's like just a roller coaster for me. Yeah, life is good. I'm so blessed. I'm so happy and grateful. And there is grief in there. There's a lot of pain. There's a lot of heartache. But I'm so thankful to be alive and to be in a position to have the opportunity to be a dad and a husband and a friend. A lot of people. And yes, I'm blessed.
0: i want to close out with one final question. A lot of times as parents, it's really easy to feel guilty that we're not doing enough. We're not present enough. feel like we're failures. And so one of the things that we always like to talk about is what does success look like for your family? Because it's really easy to define success for the business. No, more revenue than cost. It's an easy formula. But what are your thoughts about defining success for you as a parent? I
1: would say just love and marriage, number one. A faithful, loving marriage, and kids that love me and my wife and that want to be with us and that grow up to want to be around us. And my story is so crazy. I'll quickly just sort of put into context who people are listening to. My name is Michael Mustafa. I was born in Zaria in Nigeria, and my dad got assassinated in '94. So I had to move to England. And my mom came and took us straight away. And I lived in England until, like I said, 2016. And then I moved to Canada. I come a long way. My little village is Sharia Muslim. It's the most strict Islam you're going to find. And my family, that's what they are still to today. They pray five times a day. They fast. But I'm a Christian. I'm baptized. I found Christ. And that's when I, I actually, my name changed to Michael. When I got baptized at, I was nine yeah nine my parents coming together is one of those love stories that really is, is is incredible and which in turn make i feel has made my journey incredible as well there's a lot that's happened i shouldn't have i shouldn't be here today wow yeah yeah
0: well we're about we're at the end of our time i definitely would love to revisit and talk with you more down the road because i think there's a lot of gold here we can mine
1: sure. um
0: if someone's interested in learning more about finesse wrapping, what's the best place for them to go to? And we have, there's a lot of business owners out here who may be interested. Kind yeah. of tell us a little yeah. bit more about who your perfect customer
1: is. Joseph, Mary, thanks for the plug. I appreciate it. <laughs> well, we're on social media. You can either find me, Michael Mustafa, and you'll see it on my profile, Wraps on Instagram, we're wraps. And our website is com. We're on, online, so we're just being birthed, and now we're ready to grow. Yeah, it'll be cool to have some clicks and some comments and get chatting to people that are either business owners or people that are aspiring to start something in, in the future.
0: Yeah. Michael, it's been a pleasure. You, you're you a man of faith, a man of family, and a man of industry.
1: <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, Joseph. Hey, everyone.
0: Thank you so much for listening to the Emotional Man podcast. If you're a business leader whose family is in pain and you're looking for a change in direction, I invite you to join our eight-week family turnaround program, which gives families just like yours the tools and skills you need to reconnect, heal, and lead your family turnaround. You can learn more by clicking on the link in today's show notes and description. We'll see you soon.